Hi, and welcome to episode 59 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's good to be back for our first episode of 2021. This week on the podcast, I sat down and caught up with my gorgeous studio assistant, Steph, about all the wonderful creative inspiration that has come of the break that we both took over the past few weeks. With our creative wells feeling full and nourished, we are both really looking forward to the month-long painting challenge that I run here at Susan Nethercote's studio every February. Are you joining us this year? I really hope so because I adore the community that gathers for this challenge. And this year, I've created something really, really special for those who would like to establish a dedicated painting practice. I've just hit published on a free mini e-course called How to Paint as a Practice. We're going to talk about this a bit more in the podcast episode, but the long and short of it is that you need to be on my education newsletter list to gain free access. So if you're already getting my weekly newsletter, then there is nothing more to do except find the free access code on my next newsletter. And if you're not on that list, then you can sign up at the link in the show notes or at susannethercotestudio.com forward slash free dash resources. Okay, now let's get on with the episode. Hi, this is Susan Nethercote and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants, Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. Hello, Steph. Hello, Sue. Oh, it's so good to see you again. It's been a minute. It has. It's been a wonderful minute. It yeah. has. We've both <laughs> been off on summer holidays here in Australia, enjoying some sunshine and relaxing and disengaging from work. It's been amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been really refreshing. But it's nice to be back. It really is. Um, and we're kind of just popping in, really. We're not back in full gear yet, are we? We're just sort of easing our way into the year. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about this earlier about how we're, you know, our attitude with January isn't just the full throttle get into the year. Yeah, I want to dig into that a little bit because for me, this is the first January in a long time where I haven't been go, go, go as the cycle of my work. So I'm really interested to hear about what that's looked like for you and you actively make the decision to. Um, build time into your year to rest and mm-hmm. I really want to hear about how that how that's gone this year and and yeah. why I started doing it sure so I've, I mean it's all come from bitter experience of course <laughs> as most decisions like that do and having burned out multiple times in my working life uh, one of the things that I learned when my kids were quite little actually was that the golden time of year and also one of the hardest times to manage here in Australia is the summer holidays through the January period because it's particularly living in Ballarat where we live where we don't actually get great weather for a lot of the year and it is so beautifully pleasant that I I just was like we need to be outside I've got to stop using childcare services during summer and make the most of this time with my kids right and also realizing that 
I really need a good solid period of disengagement every year that goes longer than two weeks. Like, you know how most of the school holidays are sort of two weeks. And I feel like you need longer than that to really disengage and really wind down. Yeah. So I made a decision a few years ago to take a good solid four weeks off sort of between just before Christmas and, you know, around mid-January kind of time. You may hear the sound of our children chattering outside, by the way, because we're we're multitasking today. Yeah, they're having a little catch-up too. It's really Three adorable. little girls running around. It's lovely. It's yeah. they're so cute. Your daughter's sort of like the missing little sister of my girls. Oh, it's adorable, isn't it? Oh, they make me emotional. <laughs> anyway, so case in point, like you don't want to miss these moments, do you? So how's it going for you? Because you've just had a beautiful breakaway. I have. It's been wonderful. Tell me about it. Well, I took a solid nearly two weeks and we went camping. So I have a vintage caravan that I renovated a few years ago. I say renovated. I didn't make it flash and new. I just it's made it It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it still has its quirks and leaks and, you know, dodgy bits. But it just made getting away so much easier because we're fully independent in there. And so we go to this beautiful little spot at the coast on a really laid back casual camping sort of setup. We park camp right next to the playground and my daughter Holly has spent two weeks running wild um, and she has anxiety so she can be very clingy normally so to watch her run free and be independent and be a feral little wild child has been magnificent not just for her but there'd be like stretches of an hour or more where I wouldn't even see her I knew she was perfectly safe but I just painted and relaxed oh, and read heaven. and yeah. drank cups of tea yeah. and listened to the birds and the sound of the ocean and oh my gosh bird song can we talk about that for a minute because oh. I my I was a little bit different I was I was staying in the comfort of my parents house in in rural Victoria which was just beautiful but I had a little table I took over on the veranda which was just my watercolor table and I would sit there and paint and listen to the birds. Amazing. No podcasts, no music. I would just listen to the bird song, and it was so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so lovely. So tell me about how has your art practice felt different in any way, painting in that way, in that environment? Because I'm really curious to know if there's a difference between how you feel when you're painting in the studio and how you felt when you were painting on holidays. Well, I did feel different, but it was quite freeing. Mm. It, it allowed me to let go of all the things that I think I need. Um, and I thought what was really interesting is that all my supplies, so the paintbrushes and the colours that I always use and the pens, everything fit into a hand, like a hand carry toolbox. Awesome. So I had my toolbox with everything in it, and then I had like a small plastic container with some pre-stretched canvases in it. Now, because I work primarily in a small scale for retail, that was very easy. I, I can't imagine you taking one of your enormous canvases and setting up on well, someone else's veranda. I do not do that. No. <laughs> But we, when we last spoke, um, you helped me transform the way I thought about sketchbook practices. Practice, mm-hmm. but instead I treated my canvas like sketchbook. Yeah. There was no pressure to create for sale or for a a, a purpose. 
it, I just freed myself up. Like I had loads of them ready. Like I took 10. Yes, right. Ounces. So it's that abundance Plate. mentality really helps yeah. with freeing up and being able to approach it yeah. in that way, doesn't it? It does. But yes. the toolbox thing um, came from one of your paintings, a practice video. So there's a little bit where you talk about materials and you demonstrate how having a tray of materials for play on hand so you can just grab it and do a bit in on the kitchen table whatever that made me think oh I can just pack everything into a plastic toolbox like I don't need a whole setup I know what colors I use again and again and again yeah just take that with me so that was good yeah that's awesome mm. yeah I did a similar thing I had like a lovely new round basket that I bought and I just I only took sketchbooks very deliberately because I find that I can very easily get sucked into working on loose paper but I know that Uh, if it's on loose paper that it might be something that I sell down the track and I specifically wanted to stay away from the mentality of making work for sale which is actually a new thing for me. I noticed that you did some really beautiful observational illustrative Mm. painting that I have never seen you do before well I I used to do more of it way back at the start of my reincarnation as an artist back like probably seven or eight years ago now yeah and then I haven't for a very long time done observational studies and part of the reason I wanted to do that is because it's for me it's a form of meditation and really deeply being with something. And it, it really I, I was literally just riding around where my parents live. It's very hot classic kind of Australian landscape with lots of beautiful eucalyptus trees with big mm. drooping gum leaves and they're just so beautiful. I just started picking them and I'd ride my bike off and come back every day with my front basket in my bike just full of leaves that I'd picked off trees. And then I'd sit, I'd just take a small sprig and just sit down and sketch them and, and watercolor paint them. And mm. it was really nice to do because as you say, it's not something I've done for a very long time. And also it felt like, you know, I'm really refilling that visual well that yes. we mine from so much throughout the year when we're being very productive as artists and, you know, when we're producing large canvases, etc. all of that visual material comes from somewhere it comes from a Mm -hmm. storehouse within us that we fill up and I hadn't filled that up for a while Mm. so that was my way of of doing that over summer was and I'm still doing it actually going on my walks around my neighborhood now I'm home and just picking um, a couple of leaves and it's just so relaxing and the other reason I wanted to do it is actually really wanted to learn more about painting botanicals in watercolor because it's the, such a perfect and beautiful medium but it's not something I've done a lot of mm. so it's been really nice way to get to know uh, how to approach that in my own way as yes. well I was gonna say do you think the rebel in you has maybe rejected that before because there is a historical context to women botanicals and watercolor yes. where it was like the only thing women were allowed to do was paint pretty watercolors yes. so there's that like rebel in you that's maybe do you think you've maybe rejected that and now you're able to come to it in your own terms um i can't say that it's it's because I've always been kind of comfortable with that, but I don't know that you are, because I read a post <laughs> that you did over summer that, um, that talked about 
I don't know. It was a little bit, it just sounded like there was a little bit of an awareness and a little bit of self-consciousness around being a middle-aged woman traveling around gardens. Oh my God. Yeah. Taking photos and then drawing flowers. I'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. Yeah, so I throat. totally get what you're asking me, but I, um, but no, that, but I, but I haven't been a traditional artist, not because I've consciously rejected that, but I think because I was just so into these large, very vibrant, abstract, you know, these paintings that I use a lot of energy and physically, you know, energetically paint. And I feel like over the last year, the, the shifts that I've gone through within myself, I feel like there's been a, such a quietening down happening in my whole system that I feel more drawn to quieter practices that are more meditative and I don't necessarily make a lot of time for that throughout the year. Mm. And so I wanted to give myself the time and space to be able to explore that as a, a kind of meditation technique for myself. But I think also I've been in the past very addicted to my own productivity in the studio and continually producing work to sell. And and I'm just not quite as driven in that way anymore, no. which frankly I'm really relieved about. I am too because that's a very vicious cycle. And mm. I, I have watched you very carefully pull that apart mm. this year and through all sorts of different things like the teaching and the podcast all of that pressure and stress is is now relieved and you, you seem really sharply focused on something much more sustainable for you and the type of life that you want to lead yeah I am and thank you for reflecting that back to me because sometimes I don't know if I'm succeeding at that oh you really are but I feel like there's been so much conscious dismantling of old ways of being which are which are very manic production productivity focused ways of being and I we were talking a little bit about this before weren't we about Mm. how it's like on a global level, we're all being asked to question those values because no one can even predict what tomorrow is going to bring anywhere in the world. I mean, as we speak, I feel a little bit guilty talking about our beautiful summer when there's people on the other side of the globe that are really suffering. And we're, for anyone out there in the UK, for example, or the US, like we're really feeling for you. We know there's full on stuff going down for you guys at the moment. And um, you're all in lockdown in the UK right now and um, and you know we're all questioning aren't we our and old ways yes, of being because are, everything's changed yeah I do too like it's come from hardship for a lot mm. of people but I actually think it's a really wonderful special moment where those old systems and the expectations of society and the corporations everything they've all they're all having to shift to what actually suits and fits us better as human beings, not just cogs Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like we've been on that road for a while anyway. Yeah. Like I feel like that's been an undercurrent that all of us in this studio have been feeling in our own lives, haven't we? I think a lot of women across the world yes. have been feeling it for a long time. Mm. It's just uh, patriarchal systems mm-hmm. haven't caught up. And I, I'm thrilled that they're taking small steps towards a more sustainable life for everybody, emotionally, yeah. physically, mental health-wise. But you're right, we've been on this track for a while. And I, you speak to this fairly often about um, an artist being close to being a mystic. And I think mm-hmm. part of the job of the artist is to be 
slightly ahead in terms of thinking and exploration than the rest of society and as creators we've been there for a while yes and that's been that's been a different the particular um direction that we're headed in which is actually about not focusing on productivity but more around having more mindful experiences of our own process and allowing our businesses to grow organically out of that Mm. that is not a concept that is easy to sell fiscally like within this patriarchal system that we live in and the current economy but all of that is being thrown into question at the moment isn't it and about time too mm, yeah totally i couldn't agree more that's a little bit of a tangent hey I but know, a good but, one you know that's what we do <laughs> steph <laughs> Hi there, just popping in to ask one simple question. Have you got your free access coupon code for my new free mini e-course, How to Paint as a Practice Yet? This mini e-course is the perfect preparation for my free annual painting challenge every February. So if you'd like to take this value-packed mini e-course or join in the challenge, both of which are absolutely free, all you have to do is make sure that you've signed up over at susannethercottestudio.com forward slash free resources and we will send you the free access coupon code i can't wait to see you there hey i want to know because we've both had this beautiful time where we've stepped away from like work as it usually is and you know we've both been making art and filling our creative well which was something that both of us went into intentionally but I know that you, as well as I, are also gearing up for what's coming in February, which is the Painting as a Practice Challenge Month. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I love that you've scheduled this in in February. Yes. Well, this is for a few reasons. Like, obviously, we've just talked about the whole you know, summer holiday thing and that it just fits better with our lives. But also another awareness that I had was that it actually is more in conjunction with the Lunar New Year to mm. start the new year in February as well, and mm. um, which is more aligned with the Chinese New Year. And yeah. yeah. So what are you thinking you're going to do for your painting? So we should talk, should we talk about what it is first for people that don't know? That is there anyone done? that doesn't know? Well, like there are always the people that don't know, <laughs> yeah, do we? <laughs> so we created a challenge last year, which was the painting as a practice month. It was just something that I spontaneously started because I needed to create time and space to just creatively play again. And the first month we did it was February 2020. And it was fantastic. And mm-hmm. heaps of people just uh, came along and we all did this challenge together. And I created prompts for every day of the month. And it was really fun and we just came at it from a place of inspiration and play and so we're doing it again we did it in june Mm -hmm. which was actually when we were in lockdown as well Mm -hmm. so we kind of were feeling the need to to find some space creative space for ourselves weren't we yeah while we were homeschooling the kids but we've decided february like is the good annual time to do it so Um, so we're doing it again this year, but we've got something super special coming out this year, which is, (laughs) and I've already announced it, so it's probably not a secret to most people, but a free mini course that I've made, which is called how to paint as a practice. Okay. So that's like a beautiful warm up mini free course 
to get people energized, organized, yeah, get set for yeah. the month of February. Yeah, because the thing that I've noticed is there's always a lot of questions around. Okay, so I want to do this, but how do you do it? And we keep kept it. We've kept it very loose and free, and it is as loose and free, or as directed as you want it to be. But there was so much to say about it that I thought I'm just going to make a free mini course about this because it allowed me the time and space to really look at all the different ways that you can approach the painting as a practice challenge month. But also it's a great course for anyone that just wants to create time and space for a creative practice in their lives and different ways to approach that as well. Mm. So I hope that you're all going to come and join in on the free mini course, which will be available at susannelicatestudio.com. Um, if you just go and sign up there, we will send you the link in the newsletter. Um, and if you've been on Instagram, etc., over the past few weeks, you've probably seen it and signed up anyway. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to welcome more people mm. on board this year and, um, yeah, we'll be starting on the 1st of Feb. Yeah, How are you approaching it, Steph, this year? I've been thinking about that yeah, as you were speaking us. just then. So you mentioned earlier that I spent part of this summer touring gardens. Mm -hmm. So um, I started to take time off even before Christmas. My husband and daughter and I just opted out of the pre-Christmas craziness this year. So great. And we went on a mini holiday, like a few days before Christmas. We went to the Dandenong Ranges, which is a beautiful part of Victoria, the other side of Melbourne from us. Um, it's these incredible, um, like, um, rainforest, mountain ranges, filled with beautiful gardens and greenery. So as well as that, I've been visiting a few other gardens. So my creative cup is feeling very full. So I'm taking the rest of January to sort of really dissect that and pull out the threads and sew things together mentally and emotionally. And February is when I'm going to unleash that beast. Mm. However, another big part of painting as a practice is the community that comes mm -hmm. along with it. So we were speaking previously to this podcast about the structure of when we reactivate that community, when we really start in reinvesting our spirit into that, because it's not sustainable to do it year round. No. And we need to model sustainability. That's right. Um, so that's a really important part of it. So I think I'm going to alternate. I'm going to do a painting day and a community day. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so like a pushing out and then leaning in and then pushing out and leaning in. I love that so thoughts? much. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and it, it absolutely points to one of the central aspects that I talk about in the free mini course, actually, which is about deciding your frequency and building in a structure that works for you. Because I think for a lot of people, like, you know, with 100-day challenges or month-long challenges – one of the things that stops people from doing it is, oh, what about this month, this weekend when I'm away? Or what about, you know, that doesn't fit with my life and my work routine. I just can't paint on days when I work or whatever it is yeah. that they're doing. So it's about creating a structure that works for you. Yeah. Um, but creating a container that you can see can work for that month as well. So I love hearing you reflecting on that and in a way that's going to be sustainable mm -hmm. for you. Because for some people, painting every day actually isn't the bee's knees. 
no or it's just not practical and yes. so you feel pressure and stress around it you feel like oh I mm. fell off the wagon for four days now I can't do it that's anymore. right and that's I don't yeah. I want to let go of that that's and for me yeah for me it's looking like I I'm not painting on weekends okay because I, I just want to be with my family on the weekends yeah. I don't want to um, have, feel like I need to come into the studio and, and produce something so I'm going to be five right. days a week through January uh, February sorry and um I'm going to paint large. Are you? Yeah. Ooh. I feel really ready to, um, to, after doing a beautiful, very contained sketchbook practice, yeah. I'm feeling the need to paint some big fields of colour, actually. I've been oh. away, a little bit away from the colour the past few months. And I feel really drawn back into it because I need... just say that's relative, though? Because you say you've moved away from the colour. This is a conversation I had to some another artist this mm. week, is that perception of vibrancy is very very varied so i would say that yes they've been a bit more muted but you've still been embracing these beautiful rich watercolor tones they're just not the super zingy bright bright brights that uh, yes. we've associated with you work with in the past yes so, that's true <laughs> it is true isn't it we have isn't yeah. it funny the different perspectives we have on what's going on in our work and then when you talk it's actually so fruitful to talk to other people about things like that isn't it yeah. and just get reflections on it I guess for me it's it's more around there's something I don't, I'll, I'll tell you a little story I was feeling in a really funky mood just before Christmas and oh. I knew that the only thing for it was loud music and a large canvas and a lot of really bright paint and it fixed me right up it's like the best medicine I know for that particular style of funk I was in. It's actually the one where I feel starved of painting huge paintings that require my whole body. And I can't do them all the time because I have certain physical things going on in my body that prevent me from doing that. But I haven't made a body of work on large canvases for a while. So that's going to be my focus for February. Is... I, we're grinning like a Cheshire cat hearing that story. It's so fun. Oh I'm yeah, so like it's just it's color medicine. Seriously, like it heals me. But I have to paint it large. I don't know why that is. It's it has to be physical. It's I think it's because it requires me to be so physical with the color. But it's just the best medicine I know. Mm. I love that, Suze. I love that. And you currently have a little bit of a work in progress sitting just behind mm. me in the studio, and I could see immediately looking at that how. Uh, like it's like another evolution we think of yeah. you know people changing styles as being this really dramatic mm. thing and it's not it's mm. little steps along the way and I can already see the drawing and painting you're doing mm. your sketchbook over that your summer break showing up yeah, in that book too. so I can see it too it's and it's, there's new things coming through that's the thing that I I think we underestimate sometimes when we have those periods of quiet where we're just dedicated to filling our creative cup. We don't really know how that's going to manifest until no. after the fact and we're in the studio and some new move comes out of our hand yeah. that we haven't done before, you know, and we you can get so stuck in the same mark making ruts, can't you? Yeah. 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 So, and that's kind of like what painting as a practice is about, is allowing all those new things to come forward. It is. Mm. I think it's, what I like about it is it's useful for people, whatever stage of that painting yes. practice they're at. And so, whatever form they want it to take too, because yeah. you can, and this is something I cover in the free mini course, 
is all the different ways you can create a practice during that month or whatever period of time you want to create a practice in from sketchbook through to paper through to large canvases and I talk about all those different options mm. yeah. I have a good friend whose youngest child is starting school in February and I am urging her to use that time to to join us on that practice because Great. her dream is to make her art her career she has a beautiful studio ready oh, to go but I just think there's something really powerful about that intense period yes. and, and she's seeking to find her style and I just think it's a perfect time to produce like work consistently and just and through play the spirit of play absolutely without the pressure Yes. And to build a body of work quickly. Absolutely. I love it. I love that too. Well, this has been a beautiful conversation. I'm so happy oh. to be back chatting with you in the studio. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> it's so nice to see you again. It is. And oh, it's so nice to be back on the podcast. I mean, we did get some really lovely information just before Christmas, which is that we've this podcast is actually number one in a few countries in the world in the category of visual arts. So that was some very exciting information for us to get and 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 the countries that we were number one in were quite obscure which kind of tickled <laughs> us pink as well <laughs> i like that i, love I mean it too. we're not usually one for statistics we usually lean into like what feels right in our guts but it was beautiful to see that the yeah. hard work that we put into this is connecting it's resonating for people because sometimes we just sit here and rave on and we don't know if it's relevant to anyone (laughs) but you're all listening so that's something anyway absolutely gorgeous to be back with you all and yeah look if you would like to join us for the painting as a practice month in february 2021 and any year because i for the foreseeable future this is what we'll be doing every year it's absolutely free to anyone who wants to join and there will be prompts as well for the month which you can choose to use or not use you don't have to use them if you don't want to it's entirely optional and all of the information about different ideas about how you can approach it there's heaps of little videos in there well not heaps it's a mini course I think there's seven or something and even a little demo of me um, just demonstrating a sketchbook practice Um, for how you can approach a practice month for February. So make sure you go to the link in the show notes and check it out. And yeah, I hope to see so many of you there because we we also follow along everyone's journey as Mm. well. It's a really beautiful community month for us, isn't it, to get to know what people are painting. And the relationships that I've discovered through this practice last year I still follow along those journeys yeah. and have regular conversations with some of the women. I know, me too. Team. It's lovely. Yeah. It's so nice. I love those those connections that we have. Anyway, we'll catch you all next week. Great to see you, Steph. Yeah, you too, Suze. Bye. Bye. You can always see more of my art over at susannethercote.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on susannethercutstudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at susan.nethercut so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to susannethercutstudio.com forward slash podcast, hit the button in the header image to shoot me an email. 
catch you next time.